The Lead Story is proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact. As is fitting for the beginning of a year, we're spending quite a bit of time on the business report looking forward. And today I have with me Mr. Robert van Brekelen, the COO at Itemate Solutions, to talk about trends for African telecos in 2024. Good evening, Mr. van Brekelen. Uh, good morning, David. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing very well, as you uh, uh, and you. Sorry, yeah. We 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 doing that little trick on our listeners that uh, recording in the mornings, but we're playing it out in the evening. So uh. <laughs> uh, thank you. So including you there, but uh, thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> no problem. Uh, let's start with a quick look back. The African teleco sector is projected to have grown by 2.24 billion dollars since 2020. What's led to this impressive growth? Um, David, I think a lot of it goes down to the network coverage now that the the telcos offer, as well as the affordability of of handsets nowadays, be be it the old feature phone that we we were used to some years ago, the Nokia feature phone, even and the smartphones are becoming a lot more affordable and um, and accessible to, to the mass population. Um, and cell phones are also becoming very important business tools, whether it is, you know, an Uber driver who needs that, that uh, cell phone online, constantly using data to, to run his small business, or a, another small business owner who is going to be accepting um, card payments via an, an app, a touch app on their phone. Cell phones are becoming a lot more used uh, uh, usage is increasing. We're moving away from the voice and data and and SMSs, but the data usage is definitely on the on the increase. Okay, we're going to dig into a, a couple of those things uh, in a bit. But do you see those same things continuing to drive growth going forward? Um, I do think the curve is going to flatten off, and um, so telcos are going to have to start looking at how they diversify their offering. Data will continue to grow without a doubt. Um, voice and SMSs are probably on the decline and will continue so for for the foreseeable future, in my opinion. Okay. Speaking of data then and, and the sort of fall of voice with, with the rise of things like WhatsApp calls, obviously online services, Zoom, Skype, Teams, uh, as, as you said, the traditional voice calling is becoming less important. Why is a move to digitization so important for telcos though? Well, from from a data perspective, sorry, just a, a trend we've seen because um, uh, sorry, Itemate we provide primarily services uh, for the telco service centres. So we will be servicing the customer that walks into a store, and we've got some back end solutions as well. But some of our customers have actually moved away from selling voice um, airtime to their customers in the stores, and they, they're pushing data. Mm. So I think they are a, a realizing that that trend is heading in that direction. Yes, voice um, um, airtime is still available but through other channels and they've rather passed that off to to their partners as they did with self many of them have done with actual physical devices you know storing devices carrying the overheads and selling devices is a quite a costly exercise for the telco and they just want to put a sim card in somebody's phone and get them using primarily data mm. so talking of the industry we, we're not just talking about those voice or data providers though but their partners people like yourselves uh, how can digitization actually benefit the entire sector? Um, you know, I do think, as, as I said, going uh, diversifying, they are starting to offer the likes, and actually not even uh, recently, mobile money is uh, is a big um, item for, for telcos. 
The Impesa story in Kenya was massive 15, 20 years ago. It hasn't been replicated anywhere, to my knowledge. Um, but it is what telcos are striving for to, to diversify us into the um, mobile financial services space are offering loans, insurance, um, remittance, e-commerce, uh, and the likes. And they do find a challenge here. And, and this is where I, I do think there is a bit of a conundrum, whether they try and do it themselves or partner with established banks, established insurance companies, loan companies, and provide a channel to, to access the, the mass market because they have got the customer base. They've got millions of customers where these other industries have got a much smaller segment of the population and a more niche segment of the population that they're currently servicing. You've mentioned the the mobile money there, and, and earlier you spoke about small-scale card readers that, that provide even people in the informal sector access to, to sort of new and increased payment methods other than cash. What, to your mind, are the innovations, though, that we should look, look out for in the sector, and, and what innovations should the sector themselves be paying attention to? Well, uh, one thing is uh, is eSIMs. Uh, I don't know how aware you are of eSIMs, but uh, eSIMs are starting to become more prevalent. They're still very small, but um, primarily in the developed world, the phones, the new feature phones, sorry, the new smartphones are all coming eSIM enabled, and there is a big push towards eSIM. It, it doesn't really make a significant change uh, difference to the lives of the user, but there is a convenience factor, and there are some more benefits to, to the telcos, particularly around um, not having to ship physical items from, from suppliers through their supply channels down from warehouses to the stores and to the customer. This is now just a digital file. Um, they, from a environmental perspective, you no longer have plastic cards and plastic packaging that the SIM cards come with. There are also security benefits because the, the SIM is actually embedded in the phone. So stealing a phone and, and changing out the SIM card, it's not as easy with an eSIM handset. So uh, I think that's from a more technical perspective where, where the market is heading. Uh, it will take time, um, particularly in the African market, but that, that is uh, quite a significant shift for the telcos at this point. They're trying to get their heads around. Okay. Uh, explain a bit more detail, perhaps. Uh, you, you've sort of mentioned the, the eSIMs, but how exactly does that work? Okay, so your traditional physical uh, SIM card has certain information on it, one obviously being your, your MSI ten, which is your mobile number. There are also numbers, that, and we're going to go into technicalities, but there are various other codes and, and numbers embedded in that physical SIM that um, relate to the, the telco and the, the market that they operate in. And so that is all embedded in, in the physical SIM that you insert into your, car, into your handset. Now, the newer phones are coming out with a SIM embedded in the motherboard or CPU of the device. It doesn't contain all the information. It contains certain of those uh, that information codes I mentioned. You then attach with, uh, either via scanning a QR code or uploading a URL from a telco or a provider. You attach a number and to complete all the information that is required on a SIM card in order to use uh, the the phone to make calls and SMSs, etc. So. Um, it's just marrying what what a SIM card manufacturer does with all the information, marrying it and putting it on a physical SIM. 
you now have that embedded in the phone and you attach the, the balance of the information required in order to complete the the, the, the digital sim, for, for lack of a better word. All right. Uh, we've just recently gone through or are still busy going through a SIM registration process. I know similar things happen in South Africa. There are obviously yeah. a lot of people that worry about the privacy aspect of that. Uh, and now you're saying if an eSIM is embedded in the phone and it already has a lot of that data, how does that impact the sort of registration of SIMs? This is going to be a challenge, and and your situation around SIM registration is not unique. Um, it, it is prevalent throughout the world. Countries, uh, SIM manufacturers, or sorry, telcos, trying to catch up in terms of registration, because I think the the amount of information gathered is often inadequate, and regulations are changing, requiring more information. So it's a bit of a catch up process. I do understand people's uh, feelings around uh, privacy. Um, I am sympathetic toward that, but at the same time, possibly view it as your car registration, your number plate in your car. Mm. Um, you, you know, I'd rather have some sort of level of security that authorities are able to identify um, people doing um, illegal activities use and tracking it through a phone. So I do understand where government's coming from. Um, there are a lot of telcos have been fined for not registering their customers. Uh, again, I think that telcos are a soft target. Uh, many times it's an international company operating in Africa. They're a big corporate. Um, yes, they, they aren't abiding by the regulations, so they do get fined. And often it's, it's a toss-up between you know, paying the fine or cutting off 20 odd percent to your subscriber base, you know, what, which is which is the less of the two evils. So that is a challenge. Um, however, you, you raise a very good point around the eSIM. Um, the eSIMs I've used to date when traveling, and the, there are numerous apps you can download onto your phone where you can upload um, or download an eSIM traveling abroad. And not once have I been asked for any of my personal details when doing that. So I do see the regulation, particularly around that, tightening up. Um, and as I said at the start of the Eastern discussion, the telcos are still trying to get their head around how to issue these these two clients. They haven't. A lot of them haven't got it right because you would normally have a client come into a store, you hand them a physical SIM card, you can ask them for certain information, and they. You provide it and they registered. This can happen remotely now with, with eSIMs. You can send a file via email to somebody or via an app. And you, if the regulations aren't tight enough, you're not getting that information. So this is a challenge, and I do see the, the governments and the regulators uh, cracking down on this a bit. Okay. Looking at eSIM adoption, and, and as you said, with a bit of a challenge in Africa, where do you think the drive will come from? I mean, the, the tele telcos will be pushing for eSIMs, uh, but if the phones that are available in Africa aren't necessarily enabled or, you know, not everybody yes. has the latest, greatest uh, smartphone, yes. where are the, the bottlenecks specifically for Africa? Um, adoption will be slow in Africa, without a doubt. Um, you know, and our experience is quite interesting because the range of, of services and products you've got to offer in Africa is diverse. You've got people who use the old Nokia-style feature phone. You've got people who want a, a scratch card piece of uh, the old little strip of paper where you scratch the foil off and you punch in the number and you upload the airtime. 
you've got that. Some countries don't want to move away from that just through habit and, and culture. They, they're still using that way. Other countries have gone to all electronic airtime. Some have, as I said earlier, have gone away from electronic airtime and moved towards data. So it, it depends on the market. Um, it will take time. The smartphones that are eSIM enabled are going to become cheaper and cheaper. So it is going to become more prevalent. Um, as I said, it, it's not going to make a significant difference to the user, but obviously the telcos, the SIM manufacturers and, and the environmentalists will all be a lot happier with the, the eSIM. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Van Brickelen. It's definitely going to be an interesting industry, I think, to watch in the years to come. Thank you. Appreciate your time. The lead story was proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact.